Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Renewables. I'm your host, David Smart, Senior Vice President of Sales at Biostar Renewables. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, especially to our regular guests. If you're not a regular guest and this is your first time on, uh, please give us a follow uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're available. So, um, appreciate everybody tuning in, listening, and those who are, are watching the uh, video. We are really excited about this week's episode. Uh, we have Phil Millette from PureStream with us. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm really excited about the conversation today. We actually have worked with PureStream in some capacity, um, and we have a lot to unpack here. You have a lot of interesting things going on at the company and and all centered around water, uh, water recycling and sustainability. So you're the perfect guest for our show. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, David, thank you for the invite. And it's it's our pleasure and my pleasure to be on with you today. And and uh, we we've all enjoyed your podcasts in the past. And now to be a part of one is a real pleasure. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate that and uh, glad to know that you've enjoyed some of the episodes. And we've got a lot more episodes coming up. I'll, I'll shamelessly plug the podcast real quick. Um, uh, really focused on the ag side of our business and the nutrient recovery side of our business. So uh, stay tuned for that. But um, let's dive in, Phil. Tell our, our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself and your background and how you ended up with PureStream. Okay. Uh, so uh, several years ago, 15 or 20 years ago, our, our founder, uh, he recognized that, that there are more water problems out there than there are solutions. And he also recognized that there's technology uh, that, that isn't being utilized. And so, and, and he's a friend of mine, and uh, and he started PureStream, and then uh, and then a few years ago, uh, he he asked me if I wanted to be a part of the PureStream team, and uh, and I was uh, ready, willing, and able, and and I've never looked back, and and really enjoy uh, now working with this PureStream team. Uh, well, all of my life. Oh, go ahead. Please, please. Well, all my life, I've I've loved uh, Mother Nature, and uh, my father is a glaciologist of all things, and wow. uh, and so uh, when I was uh, seven years old, I was sliding down and playing on glaciers in Alaska, and uh, and and ever since, have uh, have loved Mother Earth and 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 been so impressed with with just water and all that water does and. And, and how important it is uh, for the sustainability of life that we have. And, and, uh, and so then uh, when this opportunity was presented, I was, I was really anxious to become a part of, of a company who, whose motto is to deliver clean water. Yeah, it's a, a fascinating business and you have a lot of different products. 
So I want to spend a little time there first. I'm looking at your website here on my other screen, and uh, you okay. guys have a, an absolutely beautiful website. Um, and and there's a lot of different applications that you can can come in and and bring value to. So I see oil and gas, water reuse, uh, power generation, water, wastewater to clean steam, uh, and and others. It looks like there's even a mobile. Uh, sort of solution. So if you don't mind, spend a little bit of time. We'll keep it high level. And of course, our listeners and viewers, if you're interested in, in learning more about this, I highly recommend you check out purestream.com and we'll put in the show notes some ways that you can get in touch with Phil. But Phil, walk us through some of your, your applications uh, at a high level. Okay. Well, there's, there's, there, water can be contaminated in several different ways. And, uh, and in gas and oil, then, uh, then we have water and oil mixed. And uh, you've been told all your life uh, that water and oil don't mix, but in fact, they do. And, uh, and, and, and our, the flotation uh, technology we have is, is an IGF. And we use that uh, to remove the hydrocarbons uh, from a water stream. And a hydrocarbon, when it's in water, is actually considered a suspended a solid. So it's a part of a, of a TSS, total suspended solid, uh, versus a dissolved solid, like a, like a chemical, like salt would be considered a TDS. And, uh, and so the, the IGF that we have is, is for uh, separating hydrocarbons from the water stream and and uh, and it's it treats the lion's share of the water that we treat, and uh, we have a a, a a branch in Midland, Texas, and uh, and treat a, a ton of, of of gas and oil uh, produced water there. It, it's remarkable, uh, David, when when uh, you understand the ratio of of oil to water. I should say water to oil that comes out of a well today mm -hmm. and and with the with the new uh, over the last several years this enhanced oil recovery has been a big part of what we've been able to get out of the, the hydrocarbons that we've been able to recover and uh, but but with with that with those advances and with that enhanced recovery also brings more water and so mm -hmm. and so the the ratio of water uh, to oil uh, can be uh, six to one or seven to one. Wow. And even in some areas, even, even up to 20 to one. And so we wow. have, we have 20 barrels of water for every barrel of crude. And what do you do with that water? And so, so that's, that's the IGF. And, um, and then we have uh, these thermal technologies that we use and, one of them is called the Avara, and the other one's called the Flash, and these are uh, these are for really tough water situations. Uh, you, everyone is familiar with uh, with reverse osmosis and those kind of, of filter products, and we still use those, and and they treat a ton of water, and and very important part of what we do, uh, but they have their limit. Uh, as to how high they can concentrate the water or, 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 or what they can pull and what, the, what they leave behind. And so uh, these technologies uh, take it 
we can take it all the way to a solid where we're where we're pulling all the water out and just leave a solid and uh, and so that's the avara and the flash the avara gives back a clean distillate and the flash uh, gives off a clean steam and then and then we have the the on the fly technology and that is is treatment through uh, through chemical and so and so sometimes all you need to do to your to your water stream is it, it can just be treated chemically instead of filtering or floating something out or concentrating something up then you can actually just treat it chemically and the fly uh it the the efficiency of your chemical dosing uh is subject to the way that you mix a chemical into the stream and then also the residency time that you give it and so the fly technology uh, really maximizes uh, the your chemical dosing, and so that's we, we include other technologies. And there's just a there's a ton of technologies out there, David. But yeah, that's kind of an overview of of the fundamentals that we use. Excellent. Well, thank you. For, and and like I mentioned, there's a lot of great information on your website. So. Um, so our listeners and viewers check out purestream.com and there's a lot of really <clears throat> neat information on there. Um, this is obviously, you know, has huge positive implications and impacts for the environment. So talk a little bit about, you know, PureStream's impact on the environment. I know, uh, from conversations and getting to know you that you, you, you know, look at things really holistically. Um, but, and, and I guess maybe we could use your oil and gas kind of water reuse as an example, because I'm interested to know exactly um, what you all do with the water. Once you kind of recycle it, is it, is it stored and reused, you know, back in the same system. Um, but so I'm interested in that and then talk a little bit just at a high level about, you know, from your standpoint, the impact on the environment and, and how important this technology is. Okay. Well, those are great questions. And, and so uh, our our impact can be measured uh, just by just by the volume of water that uh, that we treat, and and we've treated billions of gallons. I, I think our count is is over twenty three billion gallons today. Wow! And uh, and so and and that's a pretty big swimming pool. Uh, and uh, and so. And so that's, that's the kind of impact. And, but, but then what you need to do, David, is you need to think about, uh, so, so any industry and, and, and we can just focus on gas and oil, but, but any industry, uh, uses this magical molecule of, of H2O and, uh, and, and, and gas and oil is this, a uh, huge consumer and, and that, the, the the water needs to come from somewhere and so and so how is that water sourced and so is it taken from the stream is it taken from a well uh where where is the source of that water and 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 if we can if we can reuse this water mm-hmm. then then that becomes our source and that's and that's what makes us so valuable and so we're not pulling well water from the farmer, we're not pulling water out of the stream. Uh, we're actually treating this produced water, and 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 providing that uh, 
to the producer uh, for for fracking and for other applications uh, in the oil field. And so, so that's the environmental impact that we have right there. We're providing that source for the water instead of yeah. the river or the or the well. We become the source, and, that, that's, and that's amazing. Yeah. And can you get to the point where that is really a closed loop? system where you're continuing to reuse and recycle and reuse the same water over and over again uh, yeah sure yeah it's not it's not uh, there's water lost and gained uh, throughout a typical gas and oil process and so it's hard for us to call it a closed loop there there are times in mining uh, like in situ mining where where it is just a closed loop so we're pumping it down and then getting it back and and uh, and then and then treating it and just it's in this closed loop absolutely yeah yeah that's that's a really neat way to do it because then we're not relying uh, we're not a burden uh, to mother nature in other ways sure that's fantastic well there's a big renewable energy component um to what you do we're, we're talking about reusing and recycling water um, but talk a little bit about the solutions, your solutions, and, and how they promote renewables specifically. Okay, so so we are uh, we are a power consumer, and so we have pumps and and we have equipment uh, that that uses uh, power, and 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 any time we can tie that that power resource into a renewable david then then that that even increases our 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 sustainability and mm-hmm. so if we're in an area that has uh that has a good uh, solar radiation uh then we use you and we use the photovoltaic cells and and let that provide our energy or if or if we're where we're close to uh to to wind we do or we even have we even have uh, our own uh, natural gas resource where we're capturing methane in some of these processes and we can use methane to to run a gen set and yep. and then uh, and then power then then provide power to the grid a lot of times this power we say that we're using it but a lot of times it is it is just a uh, it's just a balance in between what's given to the grid and then what's taking off of the grid. But still, we love it when we can when we can when we can provide that offset through renewable energy. Absolutely, yeah. And we've uh, collaborated on our uh, food waste digester uh, that has some similar components to what you were just discussing, um, providing right. baseload renewables onto the grid while. Um, you know, also cleaning up a lot of water and making our, our super six fertilizer process. So um, that's a, a project that we like to brag about. And, and of course, Pure Stream was an integral, integral component there. Well, it's neat to see all that you've done uh, in the solar and the impact that, that the Biostar has made uh, in the solar industry. Uh, remarkable what you guys have done, David. So well, thank I appreciate you. that. So I, yeah. I like to ask this question a lot. Um, you know, you talk with a lot of different folks across the country that are in, in different um, industries and have different problems. Uh, but is there something in general, is there something 
kind of rings a bell in your head. What keeps your customers up at night? Um, what, what are people worried about? I, I like to ask uh, our guests that, and, and <laughs> I always think that's an interesting, I get a lot of interesting responses from that question. Well, that's a great question. And, uh, and we like to ask that uh, to our customer. And, uh, and what is it? How can we, how can we take away a worry? And uh, uh, so, but it, but it varies uh, quite a bit. And so if you're, I mean, if, if you're in, in, uh, in landfill, then you're worried about leachate and what are you going to do with that leachate? You don't want to contaminate the water stream nearby or, or, uh, or you're concerned about, about whatever's going to leach uh, through that field. And if you're a mine, then you're worried about uh, your evap pond and the freeboard that you have left on your evap pond. I mean, the worst thing that, that could happen to you, well, not the worst, but, but, uh, but something that would have, have a dramatic effect on your productivity is if you ran out of freeboard and you couldn't treat all this water that's coming out of the mine and that you're using uh, for your refinery process. And so then you're worried about the freeboard on in your pond and, uh, and, and then, and then, and then it might be disposal or it might be costs. Sometimes we work with companies who like in manufacturing, who, who have, who have water with some bad actors in it and they're paying these exorbitant amounts to haul the water off. And even then, if they're hauling it, then, then what do you do with it? And, and you, and you put it in these disposal wells. And so sometimes it's, sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a discharge uh, uh, requirements that you're worried about and, and having your water clean enough to, to put back into the stream or, uh, or sometimes it's freeboard on your pond. And sometimes it's, it's just keeping the local sewer uh, treatment facility happy. They don't want you, they don't want you sending really bad water. And so they have these regulations that you have to meet. And sometimes it's that, uh, so yeah, there's just a host of of different worries uh, that our customer base has. Sure. Well, we're certainly familiar over here with the cost of of trucking water. You you never want to have to do that if you can avoid it. So yeah, uh, you know we're we're in the process of developing um, some digesters across the country, and uh, both manure digesters as well as food waste digesters like the one I mentioned in San Bernardino. Um, and then we, of course, you're a part of this process, concentrate up uh, the nutrients, you know, from the affluent waste. And, and the whole point is to get rid of the water uh, so that it's easier to ship and, and less costly to ship. But you got to do something with that water. Uh, like you mentioned, at some point, it's got to be treated and or disposed of. So um, yeah. the closer we can do that to, to our plant, the better. So. Yeah, I, I could maybe tell an interesting story about that if you wanted, David, if you sure, have time. Yeah, so that process that you're talking about is has so much sustainability to it. And it's and it's uh, it's a really neat thing that is being developed. Uh, so so a cow, uh, a milk cow uh, gives about the same amount of milk as it does manure. 
and uh, and so that's a lot of manure <laughs> and uh, and one of the challenges that a dairy has uh, particularly a big dairy is 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 what to do with that manure and uh, it was a really interesting conversation that I had a few months ago uh, with uh, with uh, the the state department of agriculture and he's the bureau chief and uh, and and I asked him what what's your greatest worry what's your greatest challenge and he said the greatest challenge that we have is real estate and I said what 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 are you talking about explain more that's and that's so an what, interesting what state real quick it's the state of Idaho okay yep and uh, and I said explain that to me a little more and so he said well. And it ties into exactly what you were just saying about the cost of, of shipping. And, and so a dairy has this manure and they're looking for ways to utilize that manure. And so they pull, they pull some of those solids out of, of the manure and actually dry that and use that for bedding and, and recycle that. And, uh, but then they also, and some of them use digesters and, and, and during this digestion process, it's a, it's a great process that, that captures the methane, which is of course a greenhouse gas that, that we, that we have too many of today. And so that's, that's a real renewable incentive uh, to have a digester there. But, um, but still, what do you do with all, with all this water and you can evaporate that, but that's, that's still, uh, it has a, has an emissions uh, a limit to it, and and then you use that for irrigation around around your farm, uh, around the dairy. Say you have cornfields or something like that around your dairy, and so then you use that manure. So the problem with that, David, is that is that you can build the phosphorus levels in the soil around your dairy. And what he meant when he said that they're running out of real estate is that the is that the real estate around those dairies are pushing the limit of phosphorus in their soil. And and phosphorus is the limiting agent for eutrophication. And eutrophication, uh, of course, is is an algae bloom. Mm -hmm. And so and, and I guess I guess. I guess the, la the, 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 the thing that, uh, that the biggest worry uh, is, that, is that we don't want to make the news, right? The last yeah. thing we want to do is make the news. And an algae bloom is going to make the news. And, uh, and so, and so uh, but the dairy can't afford, to, to your point, you, you can't afford to ship the, the manure. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's too cumbersome and expensive to ship any long distance. And so here we have these dairies that are that are uh, that are building these phosphorus levels up to this up to up to the limit uh, all around them, and uh, and if we can take that manure and to your point, if we can if we can pull clean water out and give that back to the farmer for farm use, and then we can concentrate those nutrients like the like the nitrogen and the potassium and the phosphorus, if we can concentrate those up and turn those into an organic fertilizer then you can afford to ship those around and the demand for organic fertilizer uh, you know where organic food is going and and uh, and and how much of a of a need that is and so it it presents a really neat opportunity where we're we're solving problems 
on several fronts. We're delivering clean water. We're, we're helping with, with, the, with the phosphorus levels. We're helping with the emissions. We're, provide, we're, we're helping with the greenhouse gas and, uh, and, and either putting gas onto the grid or putting electricity onto the grid really becomes a, a neat uh, sustainability project. Well, it's a really interesting story, and it's certainly reassuring to hear uh, that we're out there working on solutions that, you know, are so important, uh, particularly to some of these states uh, where there's a lot of dairy operations, swine operations. Sure. Um, so I really appreciate that story and that color. Um, and I, when you mentioned the algae blooms, there's, we talked actually with our chief agronomist, Alan Philo, we have a few episodes of the podcast, if anybody's interested, learning more about our organic fertilizer product, Super Six, but he also talks about, you know, the algae blooms in Lake Erie um, that, that it popped up, you know, I think several years ago, and that's been an issue. And you talk about making the news, um, that, that one certainly did make the news. And I think, um, you know, the root of that is from runoff, a, a lot of the, the problems that you kind of outlined there. So yeah, it's all really interesting well, stuff. I'll um, just put a plug in for Alan. He's just, uh, he's got a brilliant mind and is, uh, is a, is a great member of your team. David. Yeah, I love working with Alan. I, I learned something new from him, it seems like every day. So yeah. uh, to our listeners and viewers, go find our episodes with Alan Philo. They're really interesting. Um, Phil, this has been really great. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And um, we're going to put some show notes in. We'll put in the PureStream website. I don't know what's the best way to find you online. Are you on LinkedIn or, or Twitter or um, yeah. How can our listeners and viewers get a hold of you? Yeah, there is a LinkedIn. Uh, you can contact me through LinkedIn and uh, and also through our website. And uh, and yeah. So any closing be... thoughts? Uh, well, it's it's our parent company, Swire. Let me just put a plug in for them. So so they obviously we need to be in order to be sustainable. We need to be financially responsible. But I'll tell you that our, our parent company, Swire, is more interested in the clean water that, re, that we return than they are interested in what we deliver to the bottom line. Sure. And, uh, and, and that's what makes this, this business and this industry uh, so exciting. And, uh, and, and it's really neat to see to see. Uh, a, a solar field go in and recognize the impact that you have and and it's neat to go to go see a water treatment plant and recognize the imp the impact that you have and and uh, so it's great to work with with people like biostar and it's great to work it's great to have a parent company like swire and it's it's great to be in this industry david that's that's i think my my closing note Great. Well, I'm certainly fascinated by everything that you all are up to, and I, I hope you'll come back on the show and be a repeat guest. We love having folks back on to catch up and, and see what's new. And um, I just know a little bit about some of the projects that you all are working on, and, and I know there will be a lot of exciting updates uh, later this year and even maybe next year. So thank you again for coming on. And um, this has been another episode of Renewables. I'm your host, David Smart. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. Stay tuned. As I mentioned, we've got a lot of new episodes coming. 
uh, with some organic growers and focused on the ag side of our business. Um, and of course, we're always talking renewable energy on renewables. Phil, thanks again for being on the show and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, David. It's been my pleasure. Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America.